Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Falcon Cast, episode number three. We have an exciting show planned for you today. Later on, after the announcements, we will be joined by North Vermillion High School PE teacher and boys varsity basketball coach Cody Wright and North Vermillion Elementary School STEAM teacher Skylar Wright. Before we do that, let's go over some announcements. North Vermillion High School will be hosting a FAFSA night January 19th at 6.30 in Mrs. Clary's room. This is for all students and families who want help filling out the FAFSA form. Bring your iPad and tax information with you. The high school will be hosting a blood drive Wednesday, November 2nd from 9 a.m. to 2.25 p.m. You can go to the high school Facebook page to sign up. The elementary school is going to be doing swimming during P.E. First through sixth grade physical education classes will be going to the high school for swimming on January 14th, 21st, and 28th. Please make sure your child has a swimsuit and towel when they are scheduled to swim. On Thursday, January 27th, the 6th grade class will kick off their annual cookie dough fundraiser. All proceeds will go towards the 6th grade end of the year field trip. We have a planned two-hour delay on Tuesday, February 1st. Both the high school and the elementary will have a two-hour delay for staff development. Breakfast will not be served on that day. And that's all for the announcements. Now let's welcome our guests for the show, Cody and Skylar Wright. Cody is the boys' varsity basketball coach and a PE teacher at the high school, and Skylar is the elementary STEAM teacher. Cody, Skylar, thanks for coming in today. Thanks, thanks for having thanks us. Thanks for having us. Can you start out by telling us a little bit about yourselves? Okay, I'll, I'll go first. I am 24 years old currently. I have a bachelor's degree from Indiana State with a major in physical education. So, like you said earlier, I'm the boys' basketball coach as well as the PE and health teacher at North Vermillion. Currently, I have a passion for fitness and I'm currently training for our sprint triathlon and powerlifting meet next spring as well as all the other fun things I do so um, I also graduated from Indiana State um, last spring with a degree in elementary education and a science education endorsement before that I graduated high school from South Vermilion and in my free time I teach gymnastics in Clinton all right Cody tell us how did you end up at North Vermilion so it's a pretty long story. I transferred to North Vermillion from Covington my eighth grade year. So I love the community and all my time spent at North Vermillion. And after graduating from here, uh, I enrolled at Indiana State to get a degree. I had a passion for basketball, so I signed to play at a small college. Unfortunately, both the coaches that recruited me took a different job. So I really wanted to stay involved in basketball. Um, I started coaching a seventh grade travel basketball team, coached a couple of junior high girls basketball teams. Um, and then in the spring of 2019, I got a phone call from Marty, our athletic director, and he asked me if I would be interested in being an assistant coach. So uh, with the possibility of becoming a head coach in 2020. So I helped throughout the summer and around late July, I got another phone call from Marty that the position opened up. And this was obviously really exciting for me. Going to take some work because I was obviously still in my senior year of college and that's very uh, unusual. But I came in for an interview, and uh, I guess you could say everything went pretty well because um, I'm still here now. <laughs> and I student taught at North Vermillion in that same spring and started my coaching career in that, that winter, uh, winter season. And, and then in the summer, virtual position opened up uh, last year, actually, I guess 2020, and I took that spot, and um, the rest is history. All right, so you got thrown in pretty quick. Yes. Yeah, it was it – was, <laughs> It was a good, I mean, it, I, I was happy that it happened, though. 
All right, Skylar, how did you how did you end up at North Vermillion? Well, Cody already had a job here, um, and I applied at like every elementary school in the two state area when I was student teaching. And Mr. Byram called me pretty quickly in March of last year and told me that they were looking at getting a new program started and they really wanted someone to head it up that had a science background, but thought I would have to be really flexible and that it might not happen, but they weren't really sure. And that's how I ended up here. It just happened and everything fell into place and that's how I ended up in the STEAM. All right. So speaking of STEAM, what is STEAM? STEAM is an acronym for science, technology, engineering, art, and math. There's a massive movement through education right now called the maker movement. And its basic premise is to teach kids to be creative and work with their hands and think logically. So what we do in my classroom is we make a lot of things. We talk about tools. We get to use a lot of technology like 3D pens and things like that. So obviously doing all that different stuff, your classroom looks quite a bit different than a normal classroom. What makes your classroom different? Well, it's very messy. Um, I have glue everywhere and paper everywhere. Um, We call it a maker space, which is just a place where kids can be comfortable failing and making with their hands and things not always working out the way that they want. I've tried to create opportunities for students to have experience with both building and technology without being overwhelmed that they may not have had otherwise in other classrooms. Our motto in my room is that sometimes things just don't work the way we want them to, and that's okay. We go back to their original plans often and reflect and revamp and move them there. Nice. Cody, obviously, as a PE teacher, you don't have a typical classroom either. What are some misconceptions people have about PE? So I can think of a list of things, but I'll, I'll talk about, like, my top three. So most people think PE is just get the balls out and go, and that's unfortunate. In some places, I think it is. I try not to do that as much as possible. I try to make it at a curriculum. There are standards in PE that the state requires, and you know I think those should be met. Um, number two that I thought of, many people believe PE isn't important just because I don't know why that is. It's because um, it's being cut from many programs across the country. It teaches movement skills that students will use their whole lives, and they might never even know that they learned it in PE, but that's something, um, especially in elementary. They show that, studies have shown that doing PE and being physically active helps test scores and helps and helps everything. Um, your brain is actually, like, peaked. Um, I don't know how you explain that, but um, it's peaked when you after you do um, physical activity. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps attention span, improves behavior. And that's obviously um, needed and, you know, a lot of people need that. And a lot of people need that to reduce stress levels. And then I think the biggest one is our country's fighting an epidemic of obesity. And I think that's one of the main reasons PE should not be cut from programs. And then anyone can do it is my biggest pet peeve. It's just like a teacher, like I, I went to college for a degree. I think everyone, every teacher goes to college for a degree. And, you know, just to say that anyone can be a PE teacher is just, um, I just don't believe that, obviously. And I think a good PE teacher has to know classroom management just as much as any other teacher. They have to have extensive knowledge on different movement patterns and things like that. So they learn all different types of sports and all different types of fitness to be able to teach that to a student. And I think that's really important. For sure. So you talk about the importance of PE and how students need it and how it's more than just dodgeball. What do you specifically do to make PE more than dodgeball? Before the year, I try to look at the curriculum. I look at our equipment, see what we have, and then I try to make make a program to follow the standards the best that I can. 
just because that's where everything is tested. And um, my goal is to be able to provide students with lifelong fitness. I think that's the main goal. If they can take something from my class, like say we play pickleball or say we play badminton or something, they take that from my class and they play it 10, 15 years from now, they, they knew that they played that in my class. I think that that's a win for me and that's something I would love to see. So just today, I've heard a student talking about Fitness Friday. What is Fitness Friday? <laughs> uh, so this is, this is my favorite day of the week, obviously. Um, so Fitness Friday, it might not be their favorite day because it requires them to obviously do fitness. I thought about this. I don't know if I made it up. I don't think I did, but I, I'd like to think that I did. Uh, I'm not sure. But it's basically a day where, so we do a bunch of testing. Uh, we do push-up tests. We do sit-up tests. We do pull-ups. We do a 40-yard dash. We do a mile. And I grade them on how well they improve or how much they improve on that. So I like for us to have Fitness Friday. It gives us a way to work on some of those some of those goals and be active. I do a lot of different fitness myself. I try to teach them some of the things that I've learned along the way from school or some of the things that I've done. And hopefully they'll be able to make their own workout one day if they need to, if they leave my class. And um, most of them probably won't because, you know, they don't <laughs> like it or um, – it's some of them will though. Some of them like it. Some of them don't. And I just think that it, fitness Friday just gives them an idea, gives them a way to do fitness. Yeah. Definitely teaches them things that even though they might not enjoy it now, when they're 35 years old, yeah. they need to work out. <laughs> There's some stuff they could do, right? Yes. I know. I know in high school, I didn't really enjoy, I wouldn't have enjoyed going and running a mile or something like that. And then now it's like what I do for fun. So yeah, for sure. Skylar in your steam room, what kind of technology do you use on a regular basis? Um, my upper elementary students just started coding recently. Um, so we started directional coding, which is a very basic level. And we actually do it unplugged, which means without a device, um, which kind of sounds weird, but it helps them know exactly what they're telling the computer because they're telling it to each other first. Um, they take turns coding their friend as the robot, and then they switch roles. Um, Fifth and sixth grade has recently moved to using our Dash and Dot Wonderworks robots, which they're very, very into. I was walking through the halls of the high school a couple days ago, and there were robots rolling through the halls. Is this coding something that can they start learning here, and then that moves over to high school as well? Yes, it's almost the exact same software. Um, the elementary is just a simpler version. They're not actually writing the code. It's already written for them. It's called drag and drop. So they just pick blocks of code and move it over rather than writing the entire thing. And for those who don't know, what is code? Code is basically telling a computer what to do. Um, all Everything runs on code, like your dishwasher runs on code, your washing machine. Um, so it basically just tells a computer exactly what to do. So these are skills they can use in the future. This is the very basic version, and they just grow as, as they pro progress through school. Absolutely. They can... Um, actually major in computer coding in college and that can be like a profession for them nice uh, what kind of projects have your students completed this year um the last few weeks we've been working on a thanksgiving day parade balloon float um, we learned all about the macy's thanksgiving parade parade and the logistics behind that um, we talked about the crazy math and measurement that goes into making massive balloons float they were all very excited and most of them had not ever heard of the macy's day parade so that was awesome to share that with them Cody moving out of the classroom into basketball. Uh, what are some pressures of being a varsity basketball coach? Oh, this, there's, a, there's a list. Um, so 
obviously I put a lot of pressure on myself to succeed. Um, I, I love winning. I'm very competitive. So when we lose games, I, t- I take a lot of blame myself, try to figure out things we could have done differently. Um, but I definitely think that uh, I'm very lucky to have a supportive administration. Everyone here supports me in some way, some fashion. They've all coached at different levels or different. Um, so they know the struggles that it takes. So I can go vent to any coach in the building or any of our admin in the building and they they'll steer steer me in the right direction i think one of the some of the main things that come to mind though being of being a head coach is taking inventory a lot of people don't realize that head coaches have to take inventory after every season you have to develop relationships with your players just like you would in the classroom develop relationships with your students make practice plans plans daily that's a big one um and especially in basketball you're changing every single week depending on who you're playing. So I have to make a new practice plan every day. Um, Watching hours upon hours of film. I'm always watching film as much as possible because I want to be as prepared as we can each game, and I'm trying to make us uh, help us improve. Maintaining relationships outside of school and basketball. Develop scouting reports, which comes with watching film. Keeping track of my players academically. Um, Constantly learning, going to conferences, doing things just like you would as a teacher, talking to parents talking to media, and then most days I don't get home. Like tonight, I won't get home till probably 7.30, and then I have to wake up at 5 a.m. and try to get a workout in and restart my day. So I think there's yep. just a ton of pressures that go into it. We just had some girls varsity basketball players on, and they are talking about how sometimes they, they have jobs too, waking up at 5.30 in the morning, not getting home till 10.30 at night. That can be tough on top of teaching. That's definitely a lot of work. Yes. So everyone sees you on the court coaching, but as you talked about, grades are important. They don't necessarily see you at school. How do you keep your players on track during the school year? So I keep a constant eye on their grades. I have access to Harmony. So I um, I send an email out to our whole staff. So if I know that if they're misbehaving in class, um, I'll, I'll know that as well. And they all know pretty well that if they're failing or anything they're going to be running or if they're doing something misbehaving in class i'm going to know about it and they're going to be running for that so there will be a penalty what can parents and community members do to support you as a teacher and a coach i think just trusting that i'm doing everything i can to to help their to help their kids or um succeed and i think that as long as they know that and i'm putting in as much effort as i can then um they i just hope that they're supportive of that. So our last basketball question, um, what are you doing to help create future Falcon basketball players and what can we expect from the program in the future? So I run two camps a year. This year I experimented an all-day camp. I loved it. It went really well. We had some food some um, with the fifth or eighth grade. They obviously got lunch in the middle of it, so that was always fun. We had some competitions and games at the end and some skill work at the beginning. Um, then I ran a second through fourth grade camp that one didn't go full day, but I thought it was. I thought it all went very successful. So that's in the winter. Um, we're just doing as much as I can, trying to get my players to interact with the younger kids, so they can see that and something they look forward to or look up to. And then I also run one in the summer. Um, same. I'll probably run it the same exact way this next year, and I'm I'm really looking forward to it. That's awesome. So I saw pictures on Facebook, and there there were boys and girls at this camp. Is that correct? Yep. No. Yep. So I just, uh, I let it open to everyone because I feel like, uh, if, I mean, that gives somebody else, if a girl wants to come in and get better and compete, then I think that's, I think that power to them. I think that's awesome. For sure. Speaking of future, Skylar, how will STEAM benefit a student in the future? 
Um, the STEAM program is awesome because it exposes students to careers and like job opportunities they may not have ever known about otherwise. It also teaches them to think really critically and logically um, about how things work and ask questions about how things work and how the world works. So obviously, if a student's going to go through this from elementary to high school to college, then to a career, they're going to have to have support from their parents. What can a parent do to support their children's learning in your classroom? Like Cody said earlier, obviously, we want the best for all of our kids. I hope parents understand that, that we hope that their kids succeed as much as they do. But as far as STEAM goes, they can encourage them to build with Play-Doh or Legos. Those are learning tools that are also games. Puzzles are really, really awesome. I know this might sound a little crazy and maybe a little bit annoying, but even when your kid asks why, that's so awesome because they're interested in what's happening and they want to know more. So even though you might want to say just because, um, maybe not as much, say, like, try to um, foster their thoughts a little bit more about how things work um, at home, too. So what can we expect from the STEAM room in the future? We have several fun things in the works that they don't know about totally yet. Um, In January, my fourth graders are going to build life-size igloos out of cardboard. We have a cardboard screwdriver kit and some scissors that they can use on those. So those are very exciting. Um, We're building snow globes right now in kindergarten, which has been quite the adventure. Yeah, we have a lot of things planned for the rest of the year that I think they're going to be really excited about. All right. And that's all the time we have for this segment. Uh, We have a lot to look forward to when it comes to PE, basketball, and the steam room. Uh, Cody and Skyler, thanks for being with me today. Thank you. Thank you. And that's all the time we have for this episode of the Falcon Cast. Make sure you tune in next time when we will be joined by the new assistant principal at the high school, Kimberly Britton, as well as the director of the WRCTE program, Craig Newby. We hope to see you then.